he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you for taking time to join us as we take time to learn from God's Word together. The message you are about to hear comes from the Cape Elizabeth Church of the Nazarene in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Listen to more sermons or learn more about the church at our website, capenazarene.org. In a moment, I'll share with you from a passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 4. It is a passage about uh, Jesus' disciples and uh, their work as fishermen. And I always wondered what it would be like to have that kind of occupation and live in that kind of world. And always imagine if I could get a better picture of it, it might help me understand that scene. Last year, I asked Dan, can I go spend some time with you as you go out on, on your boat and you do your fishing route? Can I go spend some time with you and kind of learn what you do and what this looks like and maybe glean something from it? And I thought, great, I'll have all this great material to share and example. Next time I'm talking about Jesus' disciples as fishermen and really the best example, the biggest thing I learned was I don't have the stomach to be a fisherman. <laughs> and uh, But uh, I did learn there is a much gentler and uh, more endearing kind of fishing that I like. There was a guy uh, named Glenn in uh, my church in Arkansas when I pastored there. He was uh, uh, just, just a delightful gentleman, about 80 years old, uh, retired and... Uh, just a sweetheart. And he, uh, he, he invited me to go out fishing with him one day. And I said, okay, when would you like to do this? He's like, how about Wednesday? I'm like, well, that's right in the middle of the week. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, he's been at the church for 50 years. And I'm like, I can't say no to him. So, so I go and, uh, and go fishing with him. And, and he, he takes me out on this big lake, that, a man-made lake that has been created from, like, water diverted from a dam and stuff. And so it was this old valley that has since been filled up in this wonderful lake with fish. And he's showing me around and what that looks like. And he's got this radar that shows where the brush is. And he's teaching me like, hey, you got to go where the fish are. They're going to be swimming in around here. And of course, he tells me the history. He's like, those are probably just the, the, the original trees that were growing in the valley before this whole thing flooded. And I'm like, wow. So I'm just have my eyes open to this. And we, we get a whole bunch of fish and we bring that in. And, uh, he, and he takes me back to his house. I mean, the whole time I'm out on the boat, and I'm talking to him, I'm talking about his faith, talking about his service to the church, and we're all, and he's teaching me fishing. The whole time I'm out there, I'm thinking, now this kind of fishing I could get used to. Uh, but uh, we get back to his place, and, I, and, and we're going to clean the fish. And I text Jen, I say, hey, I have dinner for us. It's fresh fish. Uh, it's going to be great. And, I, and I, now I know a thing or two about filleting. I'm like, you need a sharp fillet knife. You know, you cut right along the, uh, the spine and the ribs, and you get a nice big chunk of meat. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. So he's starting to lay out the fish. I'm like, oh, where's your, where's your knife for this? And he reaches over, and he teaches me something brand new. He reaches over, plugs something in, and lifts up an electric turkey carver. And I'm like, wait, What? <laughs> Does this work? I'm imagining the, the meat getting mashed up. I'm imagining like this. But I'm telling you, it worked. For whatever reason, it act, actually worked. We had thick, clean slices, uh, filet slices of the fish. I was like, I can't believe this actually worked. And so I learned something new that day as well. But uh, he showed me the way that he cheated, and it was wonderful. But um, uh, just, just those kind of moments help me realize that uh, there is great joy in work in uh, engaging in life together and just enjoying life together in those moments. We find ourselves in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, uh, Jesus calling his disciples, and they are engaged 
in this work of fishing. Their work, I think, is a little more akin to what Dan does, a little more uh, uh, involved and higher volume. And uh, the Sea of Galilee was certainly larger than the little lake I was in, so I probably wouldn't have had the stomach for that either. But uh, uh, starting at verse 18, it says, As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. This passage has been a passage I've heard a long time. This is a passage that has meant a lot for a long time. And it, it, this, this passage is, without a doubt, that passage shows us that God reaches out and is calling and beckoning His people in whatever walk of life they are in to follow after His Son, Jesus Christ. That Jesus meets them precisely in the work that they are engaged in. The work that is their, their means of living, their, how they're going to continue on. And Jesus basically says, there's something God's going to do, and you can follow me and you can be a part of this. Just the simple invitation, follow me. And they get to be surprised at what they're going to see God is going to do. Because God does indeed have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And he just invites us to be faithful into what God desires for us to do each and every day. To just follow after Jesus in faithfulness and be surprised at how we might see God is at work in our world and among us. And what we find in this passage is he names these disciples. And these disciples with names are, um, except for Peter, you're only ever going to see these names like one other time in, in, in the entire Gospels. And it's, it's not going to be the best of life. They're going to be talking to Jesus about who gets the sin of the right and the left. It's kind of this moment of their names are in here for just a moment, just to kind of maybe preserve for us who some of his disciples were. But I find myself looking at that and remembering that this call that Jesus has for each of us to follow after him. Whenever there's a generic call, whenever there's a generic sense of, well, everyone is involved in this, Sometimes we can look at that and say, oh, well, if so many people are involved, I can step back and see how what they're doing and see what's going on. If everyone else is going to get involved, I don't have to. But I can't help but look at this story and think that Jesus recognizing them by name and the author naming them for us is a reminder for us that Jesus invites us into our faith to follow what God wants us to do very personally. That God knows us and loves us and knows our situation. He knows our life. He knows our past. He knows our future. And to that, he says, follow me. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have a calling for you. That as God's grace has entered into our life, that we are called to discipleship, to become followers of Jesus Christ. And God chooses and seeks after us. There was a... Um, when I was going into the ministry, the, uh, there, the church has gone through various seasons and rotations and flavors, if you will, of uh, kind of how to grow the church. 
church growth strategies, of, of talking about how we share this message with the world around us. And when I was in school, the buzzword at the time was to be seeker-sensitive. The buzzword at the time was to have a church that is open and available for those who might be asking questions about God and seeking after God. And one of the, quest- one of the greatest critiques I heard, although I love that, that kind of mindset of we have to be always open and available to those who are saying, what might God have for me? But the reminder, the greatest critique I had was a reminder for us that in Scripture what we find again and again is that the seeker in all of these services is God. That He is searching out and looking for you. That He cares deeply for who you are. Or, or, or to borrow from what I shared last week, that oftentimes in our life as we're walking our path of life, as we're going on, sometimes we are surprised to find out it seems like God's tapping us on the shoulder. It seems like God's whispering in our ear, I have a plan, I have a purpose, I have a desire. There's more for you. And it's in that moment that we find ourselves saying, okay, maybe I need to turn and find out what it is that God is going to do for me. That we find that God is always actively engaged by the power of His Holy Spirit to work in our life and help us realize God has a plan and a purpose. And He does that to each one personally. He knows us. He seeks after us, even before we realize God is even interested. And we have a response that we can choose. Well, continue on. Well, I don't, I don't think so. Well, no, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Or perhaps to, to recognize, okay, God, I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what it turns into yet. But maybe I can put some things down for a moment and be engaged. When, when Jesus calls to them, He says, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He's reorganizing their work and their mission. And most often when I've heard this passage before, and it has been, I'm sure it has been influential in ways that are just very subconscious, of ways pastors and evangelists have, have spoken this passage to me that helped me answer a call into ministry. It has been that this passage indeed calls us to leave it all behind and to just follow after God and see where He leads. It is, it is the passage that reminds us that sometimes following after Jesus means we have to put some things Aside, We have to drop it all and, and just faithfully step into God's call of what He wants in our life. I've heard this said again and again and seen this exemplified particularly in the lives of missionaries. The kinds of people serving in, in the alabaster buildings around our world. The people who say, I had a comfortable life or a comfortable job, but I left that before and now I'm going into ministry. Or the people who said, I love this culture that I was born in, but God called me to this other culture, to Wander the jungles or the deserts or the inner cities of a developing nation or whatever that is and to hear those stories again and again from either missionaries who spoke or the missionary books that came out from the church. Some of which, by the way, I think we still have tucked in our library. Stories in which we find that people would put away and drop everything and say, I'm answering a call that God has to share his good news to a world that needs it. And it's great, and it's a wonderful message, and has indeed helped propel the Church of the Nazarene in over 160 world areas. But when I look at this story, because one of the things that happens as, as a pastor is you look at the stories and you keep reading the same scriptures over and over again, sometimes you start to look at it with fresh perspectives and different points of view. And I found myself thinking as I, as I continue to think through the Gospels, later on, Jesus 
is going to go from Galilee to Capernaum to different areas all around the Sea of Galilee. And he's going to go by boat. And sometimes he's going to teach to crowds by boat. At one point in time, there's going to be a storm and he's going to calm it. He's going to say, be still. And the disciples, uh, this is after the disciples wake him up. And I found myself wondering, hmm, whose boat are they in? And then uh, another time, you know, uh, they're going to see Jesus out on the shore and he's going to walk to them on the water. The miracle of him walk to the water and Peter's going to come out to him when Jesus invites him. He's going to sink and Jesus is going to pull him up. Whose boat are they in? Later on, when um, Jesus is raised from the dead and he meets the disciples and he asks them uh, 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 to eat with him and they cook fish and and they, they see and they recognize in the Gospel of John that he's been raised from the dead. And like, oh, what's happening? And it says that Jesus eats with them. I found myself thinking, I wonder whose nets they used. And so as I think of this story, and so often when I hear this, this call to follow me and they leave their nets behind, it's, it's, it's a permanent leaving behind. And while that is awesome, I found myself thinking, I wonder if this call to leave the nets and follow Jesus is sometimes a moment-by-moment call, a temporary call, a way in which we recognize God, when He calls us to be faithful, doesn't always call us away from the very gifts and graces He's already given us. But sometimes what He says is, put that aside for a moment. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you in this moment. You're going to put aside that day's taking care of the bottom line to take care of the gospel. And you're going to be able to continue on in that work, but I've got a plan and a purpose for you on this day, in this purpose, in this way. I can give an example from yesterday that I heard that was just amazing. When, when uh, sharing about the life of John, him and his assistant chaplain, hearing from a general, and hearing the general use the Lord's name in vain, and him calling out, hey, don't you use my Savior's name in vain. And I thought, you don't talk, everyone's like, you don't talk to a general that way. <laughs> But like he knows who his savior is, and he, and this is his moment. And of course, it was responded to well. And the general actually shrank back as he heard this. And so it's in moments that we have in life that we say, "I'm going to lay down the bottom line. I'm going to lay down what it is that is my means for right now because I'm going to be faithful to what God has called me to." It's I have a whole bunch of examples that I wanted to share with you. But over the last 24 hours, those examples have changed. It's when um, two brothers, not unlike in this story, who work regularly day in and day out in front of a computer taking care of things for their business, say, what's a few more hours in front of a computer to make sure that the message of God is exemplified and the life of one who is led can be shared with people? It's what happens when those who are retired say, what's one more big day of work (laughs) to make sure that the gospel of God can be shared as testified through the life of someone who's been faithful? It's someone saying, oh, I can open up my car to strangers (laughs) and bring them where they need to go. It's moments of laying down so that in this day or in that moment or whatever moment God has given to us, we can say, okay, I want to be faithful to what God is going to do. And so sometimes we hear a story like this, and we hear a story in the gospel, and the pastor's role is to put the thumb in the back and say, come on guys, this is God's call and we can do it. And sometimes we read a passage and you realize it's a moment where we can put a hand on the back and say, thank you church 
Thank you for the many ways in which you have been faithful. For that is a part of God's call into the life of discipleship, is to say, follow me. And sometimes we are surprised, and sometimes we might think and look at this story and say, okay, I'm so thankful for the people who left everything behind, and they joined the ministry, or they went into the mission field, or they did the thing. But sometimes in the call to leave the nets behind and follow, it's a call for a moment. It's a call for a day. It's a call for in your life, because God still has a plan for you in that job, in those tools, and those gifts that he has given you. But there will come days where you say, okay, I need to pause for a moment and talk about what God's doing in my life to whoever it is I'm working alongside of or whoever it is I'm engaging with business with because this is the door God has opened today. And to that, I want to say thank you, church, for the various ways in which you have done that. I got to see that over this last week, and I have seen it in many other ways as well. Let us continue to be faithful to those moments that God gives us. Because any moment God gives us, whether it's a stranger that comes along our way or a family member, that we realize opens up an opportunity for us to encourage faithfulness, to speak God's grace into an area of someone's life, those are moments that sometimes are fleeting. And they are sometimes moments that, uh, I don't know, I think maybe I'll, borrow, maybe I'll borrow another illustration. Like the uh, parable of the talents where there are three different people who are given different talents. And God says, put this to work for the kingdom of God. And one person has five, and he produces five. One has ten, produces ten. One has one, he's scared of it, and he buries it. And sometimes those moments, I think, are like those talents. And if we squander them and let them go, there will be fewer moments for us to be faithful in the future. Don't bury those moments. Sometimes those days are days where we say, okay, I know I just want to put my nose to the grind, so I'll do what I have to do, but maybe God has opened up this opportunity for this moment for me to share what God has done in my life or where he's been faithful. And those are all laying down of nets kind of moments. Those are all times when we say, all right, this moment, this hour, this minute, this day, whatever it is that God has put before us, I lay it all down. I'm God's disciple for today. And we will see that that reproduces moments of discipleship again and again in the life and walk that God has gifted us to be able to live. That yes, they are still fishers, but they are indeed fishing for people, realizing that their work has everything to do with the mission and purpose of Jesus Christ. And that is what it is to be a disciple, to find that in the walk of life that God has put us in, precisely where we are, that there are moments that God opens us up to be faithful and to share the hope of what Jesus is doing. Thank you, church, for the times in which you have done that and you have served. Let us continue in that faithfulness. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you again for showing us what discipleship looks like. And that you have called each of us into that faithful work. And Heavenly Father, I I pray today that you would help us remember that you are the God who is continually engaging in moments of our life. And that we might be surprised of when those opportunities are or what that looks like. That you might still just be kind of tapping on our shoulder, whispering to us, "Yeah, I, I have a plan, I have a purpose. Just turn and follow me. And perhaps, Heavenly Father, we have found there are moments where we have held on tightly to uh, what we knew and what was comfortable.
Help us, Heavenly Father, to release those moments to be faithful to you wherever you give us opportunity. But Heavenly Father, today I do want to thank you for the ways in which I've seen that exemplified time and time again in this body of believers that you have called together in this group of disciples here. And Lord, it is my prayer and my hope that your Spirit would continue to be with us, that in whatever happens this week, today, tomorrow, that Lord, we will find that uh, you are the God who is with us and you invite us to take part in the work that your Spirit is still doing in this world today. We give you praise today. Help us to walk in that grace. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. We hope this sermon has encouraged you with the gospel of Jesus. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about how Jesus can make a difference in your life, please email Pastor John at pastorjohn at capenazarene.org. May God richly bless you as you serve him today.